People have asked me in the past, guys have asked in different languages. In all different languages, guys have asked, I don't know what I'm saying. How can prayer be meaningful experience me? I don't know what I'm saying. So there's really two answers to that. One is start learning it. What a guy is sophisticated, I still like, so I'm not going to pray till I know what I'm saying. I'll know one piece at a time, one word. There's a lot to learn. And how can it be a meaningful experience? Now, certainly, certainly I have to be on the path towards learning prayer. I happen to think, my own opinion, others disagree with me. My opinion is it could still be a meaningful experience. Now, I think you have to work on understanding it. I think prayer could be meaningful. I think, and I want you to hear this, I'm going to give a visual. I'm going to give a visual. There are Bachram who come to Shiurim for months and they don't follow a word, and it's a very meaningful experience. Because they're part of a group learning. They didn't even follow. They, they space out, their mind wanders. But it was important. They were there. They were part of a meaningful experience. Just that they made an effort to go learn, it was important. Prayer as an aspect of hachna, of humility. I humble myself to you, Hashem. I present myself to you, Hashem. That experience, if you don't know one word that you're saying, now learn the words. The words are magnificent and important and inspiring. Daniel, if you do me a favor, Michal did half the job. I can't, I don't like formalities. That's why there's no classroom. Daniel, you sit here, so then it's a chabura, not a shir. Lectures are for college. So if you pull, let's get him a chair. Two for two, two for two. Oh, now it feels <laughs> Soon you'll misbehave. The behavior is terrible. Guys are quiet by sheer. They should be yelling, screaming, arguing. I don't know. More things should be going on. We'll get there, Daniel. But if it's more Hamish like this, it's more quicker to get there. <clears throat> so the truth is by prayers, even if you don't know what you're saying, and I'm not promoting not to know what you're saying, we're coming to pray. We should know what we're saying. I think there's a beauty to prayers that you present yourself to Hashem, that you humble yourself in front of Hashem. It's not a side point to prayers. And there are plenty of people over the history of our people who prayed daily who didn't know what they were saying. I'm not saying it's a good thing. Prayers, but they were thinking wonderful thoughts. Yidin are precious. And plenty of Yidin, and even what's your experience, not tomorrow knowing all of prayers, what they mean. And yet, you're going to pray, so it's, the experience is wonderful, and what you should think is, I'm a loyalist to Hashem. Now, certainly, the loyalty, so what do I mean, I'm a loyalist? I'm a loyalist by reading words I don't understand. No, I'm, I'm working to understand them. You're going to say the loyalty is I read words I don't understand. Certainly, I suggest a process of working to understand what we're saying. But until that point, I'm presenting myself, I'm checking in, I'm machniat Hashem. I even read the words that his chachamim told me to say. That's a lot of hachna, a lot of humility. That is a big part of prayer. It's not the only part of prayer. One of the most sophisticated questions on Yiddishkeit, one of the most sophisticated questions on Yiddishkeit is this book. 
This book is one of the most sophisticated questions on Yiddishkeit, is how do you have prayer, me and God, a communication, and we have a siddur, a prepared, Daniel, we spoke about dating yesterday, silent compatibility. On a date, are you going to bring a paper, Daniel? You're going to pull out and you're going to say, what seminary did you go to? Oh, did you like it? Who was your favorite teacher? You're not pulling out a paper. It's not very good for a relationship. You can speak to Martha after this year. I don't think Martha pulls out papers to have discussions. Though they do have these games. To me, it's not a chill. They have these games that they play. You answer questions together. That reminds me of a sender. But I don't... Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> to me, I, I'm... What's your... Martha, what's your shita? Uh, <laughs> they have these, these, they have these weird things. You do pull out sheets. Martha Weinberg doesn't need it. There's going to be a lucky girl quickly who will get him, but he doesn't need a sheet. I promise. He wrote the game. He wrote the sheets. Like <laughs> the bottom line. The bottom line is. The bottom line is, I'll talk about Martcha. There's plenty of Shadchanim and others that listen into this year. We'll talk about Martcha and explain what's, what, what, what Martcha is very eligible, but that's for a little bit, maybe a different day. What I want to get to today, Hevra, what I want to get to today is that the Siddur is very troubling. Relationship to Hashem. So I pull out a Siddur. You think the scene, I'm going to go talk to God, and then you run to the shelf and get a book. Any sophisticated person would say that's not a good way to make a relationship. You don't get a book, you go and talk to Hashem from the heart. And there is that aspect. By the way, if you just read this book, you're not Yaitse prayer. Because there are two parts to prayer. There's the prepared part and the speaking. And both are essential parts of prayer. It actually, in Kaddish, we say Kaddish, we say Tiskabot Slosan Uva Usain. Two parts to prayer. Except, tiskabel, except, artsaloisi ubaoisi, two parts to prayer. These are the two parts of prayer, Daniel, we're talking about. If you see it inside, Daniel, there's a, in Kaddish, we say, Tashem, accept our prayer. Look here, walala, right here. Tiskabel, accept, sloisan uvausain, our prayer and our prayer. The Chol Yisrael. What Saloisan of Ausan is the two parts to prayer, the prepared prayer and from our heart. Now you might say they didn't always have a sitter. There was a day, the sitter is a new invention. The sitter was invented by the Anshay Knes at the end of the second base Amegdash. So they used to not have a sitter. It's a big mistake. Because it's true they didn't have a sitter, it wasn't written. Everybody knew what you were supposed to do in prayer. The sitter is not my question. Because even before there was a siddur, there was prepared prayer, people knew the order. Siddur means there's a seder, there's an order to things. In relationship, with there's rules to how I talk to Hashem, I just want to spill my heart. What is, so even before Shlomo, they wrote down the siddur, there was an order how to talk to Hashem. What's that? Why is there Yosef Sandler an order? Shouldn't we just be speaking? And the answer is that there are different aspects to prayer. If I had to say Azariah prayer, I would speak about relationship. That would not be with the book. That would be because you talk to Hashem. You say, God, my name is Dan Kelsh. And talk, you should. You're supposed to say to Hashem, my name is Daniel. 
Manchik. I'm Dan Manchik. I live in five towns. Cool place. I'm in a new yeshiva. Hashem, please let me star on the basketball team. Ask God, let the lefty shot work. Let me find good chabrusas. Let me... Let, let me hit it off with Chaim Guri. Help me out, Hashem. Let's go. You're supposed to talk in English because it's relationship. 100%. In the language, talk the way you talk. Don't crinkle your face because you don't talk to anybody. Like, don't, don't go like that. No, no. Talk the way you talk to your friends. Say, God, I want to introduce myself. Dan Kalish. He knows who you are, but he wants you to talk to him. Talk. That's how you're supposed to pray. Real. That aspect of prayer. Hi, Hashem. My name. You're supposed to talk. Good valuable player. Excellent. I didn't know this secret. I knew you I knew Alta rides horses. I didn't know it was good a great but excellent valuable. Alta, you talk to Hashem, I'm a volleyball guy and a horse rider. And I came to Yeshiva and I want to be successful. Talk. The way you talk to your friends. That aspect of prayer, Daniel, must be there. But the prepared prayer is for another aspect. Prayer we're doing a lot. Relationship. Gratitude, we'll talk about later on. And one of the aspects of prayer, and the Chaybis Halvavis, Rabbeinu Bechaya writes many aspects of prayer. One of the aspects of prayer is hachna, is humility, humble. There are times you're davening, I'm so busy, I, I, I gotta get this done. He's one I'm so, God, I'm too busy. Who's gonna, who's gonna make sure everything gets done? Hashem. Prayer is humbling. Prayer, I don't know if you've ever felt that you have like a hundred things to do. Like prayer. <laughs> Stop. You need Hashem. You're not too busy for God. You need Hashem in anything and everything you do. Prayer by its nature has achnaz, humility. The prepared part of prayer is bigger, bigger humility. There's relationships. If you know a parent, a father and a son are supposed to be best friends. It's the weirdest relationship because it has two almost contradictory aspects of father and a son. A father and a son are supposed to be best friends. That's not a modern theory. It's, it's as old as the Torah. The Torah was written before the world was created. The Torah, you know the translation of an av? What's the translation of a father? A chaver and a pitaran, a friend and an advisor. That's a Rashi in Chumash. You want a Pasuk in Chumash? The Pasuk says, Re'acha, your friend, Ha'ov kenav shechu, loves you like himself. Who is that? Says Rashi, says Chazal Zeh. Who is that? Avicha, your tata. A father is a fascinating relationship. He's supposed to be your best friend. Don't let anybody tell you that's modern. They're lying to you. They just don't know Chumash. They don't know Rashi. Oh, for two. A father's supposed to be your best friend. Supposed to. When done Torahic, when done right. However, it's a fascinating best friend that there's a tzura in the relationship. You're not an equal. You're not allowed to contradict your father. You're not allowed to even say, Dad, you're right. He doesn't need you to agree. It's a fascinating friendship. People have this... People have unique relationships and sophisticated relationship. A father is a very sophisticated relationship. He's my best friend, but I revere him. But we're not equals. Fascinating friendship. We're extremely close. I'm open. We speak. We talk. We're best friends. But he's not an equal. Fascinating. That's the relationship to a tata. The relationship to Hashem has fascinating components. Very shallow people are not capable of all these ranges. They're very like, 
a sophisticated person is capable, my father's my best friend, but there's a tzura to the relationship. There's a form and a format to how that goes. Tashem, there's relationship, and I talk and I unburden, but I also have achna, humility. The humility is expressed by the prepared prayer. I can't just say what I want. There's a certain form, and then I express. It has both, and it's a sophisticated, very fascinating, beautiful relationship. So the prepared prayer is the hachna's humility. When you don't know what you're saying, first of all, learn what you're saying. But till you get there, understand there is a point in prayer. Amachni, I humble myself, and I sit in front of Hashem and say the words that I was supposed to say. But of course, learn what the words mean. So I want to discuss words in prayer based on Parsha's Kisavah, this week's Parsha, and very, very relevant to what's going on in the world around us. So please bear with me. We're going to address two points in prayer today. I love the Torah on prayer. We're going to address two points in prayer. There's a prayer that I, is one of the most gorgeous prayers that we say on Shabbos Kodesh. It's designated for Shabbos. It's a prayer that's awesome. We say it's Shabbos because the essence of Shabbos, I'm a Levi. By hands, Levim, who's a Levi here by hands? I love you before I knew that we're cousins. Wow, bless your soul, though. Thank you, Reb Dave. Who else raised their hands? Mayor Friedler, Levy, Aaron, way to go. How are you, cuz? Excellent, 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 cousin. Good, good. I feel good. I'm a cousin with a wrestler, a top-ranked wrestler. Excellent, Aaron, excellent. Excellent. Don't mess with this guy. He's strong, but okay. Now he's a Levy. Don't mess with him double. So the bottom line is, is us Levim sing the song. Well, I don't know if I'm going to sing the song. We're going to, I'm going to leave that to Chaim and Shloim. I have this private little hope that they're Levim. I think I just want to be cousins with them. But Chaim and Shloim might be singing. We'll see. I have a theory, I'll just as an aside, Daniel. I think they're more, ask Aaron, Dovi, and Mayer. I think they're more Kahanim than Levim in the world. It doesn't make sense. If you know statistics, there has to be more Levim than Kehanim. We simply had more grandfathers, more of our Shevet was Levi than Kayin. Yet there seems to be more Kehanim. How do I know that? Being a Levi, I go wash the Kehanim's hands. In most places, I am the more Kehanim. Now, it might just be the Levim, don't want to go out to wash their hands. Aiki Kohn's a Kayin. Have you seen, whatever you've seen, have you seen more Levim, more Kehanim? I just know I wash multiple Kahanim's hands usually. I don't, if there were more Levim, I'd only get to wash one Kahanim's hand. Now it might be Aaron and Davy might be staying in the shul and saying, I'm not going out to wash. I don't think so. Us Levim do our job happily. By the way, what do you do if there are no Levim? I've never seen this. Think about that. What would you do if there are no Levim in shul? Who's going to wash that? Okay, laugh at the joke. It was a little funny. I've never seen a place where no Levim, okay? Now, it's a little funny. But the bottom line is, if there are no Levim, who washes the Kayanim's hands? No. Regular person. No. Bless your soul. Who else said it? Who? Yiddy said it. Bless your soul. How do you know that? That's the halacha. If there are no levim, when I'm around, you'll never get to wash. But if there are no levim, the bechar. If me and Mo aren't around and Dave's not around, the bechar. Who's the bechar? Hands. Did any bechar here? Were you ever in a shul that was no levim and you got to wash the kain's hands? I was very close. 
Okay, so you have to try this. You got it? If there are no Levian, then the Bechar washes the can. That's the halacha. If there are no Levian, the Bechar goes out, wash the Kehanim's hands. So the Kehanim, Kehanim, hands of Kehanim. Have your hands at Ari, Aiki, only two Kehanim? Three, it's funny, my statistics are not working here because we have more Levian than Kehanim here. Only three Kehanim here. Okay, so we have more Levian. We we're five, three. But we're one family, me and Maish. So we're here as family, but we're up five, three here. But there are three, there are three can. Have you ever been washed, can? Shloim is a kayan. have you ever been washed by a bechar? You have? Cool stuff. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> okay, punk. I, did you ever know a bechar? A guy said, I'm here, they're no levim. Shloimeh and Ari had that cool experience. They were washed by a Bechar, not by a Levi. The reality is Levi and wash, to me, it looks like the more canon Levim. That's what it looks like. Now, my theory, Daniel, is that shouldn't be. So my theory is that over the generations, there are many Levim that are Levim that don't know it. Because a Kayin, a Kayin gets good stuff. First of all, he gets Trumas and Meisters, you get rich from it. A Kayin also, even though Levi does get a lady who was taken away at the end of the second base, which Ezra took it away from us. He punished us, Levim. I don't want to talk about it. It's very sensitive. But he did punish and take away Meiser. But a Kayan gets to Duchen. He's the cool guy who gets to Duchen. Bless the whole Tzibri as a mitzvah daraisa. Us, Levim, what do we have today? Today, we don't really, you know, certainly there's no Trumas and Meisers for us, Levim, today. All we have is we wash the Kayan's hands. So I think that many Levim just lost the Messiah in their family, that they're Levim. That's my theory. I believe it's true. I think there are guys in here who are Levim. My hope is that Chaim and Shleim are two of them. I think they're Levim. This is my theory. We're going to find out when Mashiach comes. I think they're Levim out there. I don't know they're Levim. Because it just got lost in the Dairis. We had a Bachar in Yeshiva who's still involved with the Yeshiva who over one Ben Asman became a Kayin. His family, Abale Tshuva, and his father found out he's a Kayin. Rabbanim checked it out, and he became, not while he was in Yeshiva, but he became a Kayin. Can you imagine one day, the whole family, Abale Tshuva, that's very rare, because families know the kind on the base, on the kever, on the tombstone, they even put hands, many Kayanim. If you go to a Jewish cemetery, you'll see on the tombstone hands, they put on the Kayanim. There are things people remember, their Kayanim. Levim is already, people don't remember, their Levim. So my theory is we have some Levim here, they just don't know it. That's my theory. I've seen Achrainim write this. This theory of mine I have found in Achrainim. There's a Mugin Avram, it's one of the great Achrainim, who actually writes such a theory. He doesn't say my reason, he just brings that there are people that are uncertain. Levium that are Yisrael, Yisrael that are Levium, there's, there's, there's things mixed up. The reality is that us Levium sing on Shabbos Kodesh, Mizmar Shirli Yoyma Shabbos. What is the song of Shabbos? The point of Shabbos is the day of Akaras HaToyv Tashem. As such, on Shabbos Kodesh, at the end of Psuki de Zimra, the Psukim of Song, we say one of the most gorgeous prayers of thanks to Hashem, we say Nishmas. 
a stunning prayer, Nishmas Kolchai, the Nisham of every living being, Tivarech Hashem, blesses Hashem. We say a gorgeous prayer of thank you to Hashem Nishmas. In the middle of this gorgeous prayer, there's a language I want to ask you on Yosef Sandler. We say, Mecherev Hitzaltanu, you have saved us from sword. Umidever, and from plagues. Milatetanu, you have rescued us. Hashem, you've saved us from the sword. You have rescued us from plagues. Umechaloim Ra'im, and from bad illnesses. Vinne'emanim. We're going to get back to that word, Ne'emanim, in 30 seconds. Dili Sanu, you have lifted us up. You saved us from bad sicknesses. What in the world does it mean? What does trustworthy mean? Neman means trustworthy. God, from bad sicknesses, bad and trustworthy sicknesses, you have saved us. What does it mean to have a trust? You know, you have like my trusted friend, Dan. I have my trusted illness. A little trustworthy friend. I have a trusted illness. I sometimes get ankle problems. My trusted illness. My trust. What is neman? How do you describe an illness as neman? My trustworthy. What does it mean? It's trustworthy. What in the world does nemanim mean when in regards to illness? The Gemara in Avodah Dafnun Hey asked this kasha. The Gemara in Avodah Zarah asked the kasha. What does it mean? from bad sicknesses and trustworthy you save me how could you call an illness it's bad, it's awful the illness what does it mean it's trustworthy from bad and trustworthy illnesses you have saved me isn't it cool to know what we're saying guys? what does it mean trustworthy illnesses so it's the question you always have to look for sources. This week's parsha, parsha's kisavai, it uses. Listen to this language, Ezra. The hifla Hashem es makasra. Hashem will make wondrous your wounds. He's going to hit us if we're doing the wrong things. There's makas arech on the wounds of your children. Makas gedolos. Hashem's going to hit us hard. Vinemonos. And then it says, Hashem's going to send difficult, bad illnesses and trustworthy. So it's a pasuk, it's a verse in the Torah. Bad illnesses and trustworthy. What does it mean an illness is trustworthy? What does that mean? What, how do you translate that, Momo? What are trustworthy illnesses? So we have a pasuk in Kisavai which says Chaloim Ra'im Vinamanim, bad illnesses and trustworthy ones. What's a trustworthy illness? And we have a something we say in Nishmas and Shabbos Kodesh that Hashem saves us from bad and trustworthy illnesses. What does it mean for an illness to be trustworthy? So the Gemara and Avodah asks the question: What does it mean, Chevra? Does anybody have a shot? What does it mean an illness is trustworthy? What? It doesn't say, I am trustworthy. The illness is trustworthy. It says the illness is rotten. It defines the illness as bad and nemanim and trustworthy. What does it mean the illness is neman? It's loyal. Loyal illness. A guy is like a loyal friend. He has a loyal illness. What does it mean? The illness is loyal to whom and to what? Martha. So 
Morty says the word Neman could be consistent, and it means an illness that's like that just what's this an English word that that's just pesky or something. It's constantly here. So the loyalty is it keeps acting. So it's bad and it doesn't stop. The word Neman can mean unending. It doesn't, so it's not really loyal, it means pesky and consistent. It says, Maish Rabbein raised his hand during the war, it says, Yadav Emuna. His hands were faithful. Faithful, they were constantly up. So Morty says, that's, the Gemara says a different shot. The Gemara says like this, Rabbi say that the illness is loyal to God. It comes when Hashem says and leaves when He says it's done. They're completely faithful illnesses. Faithful means that the moment Hashem wants them to be, they are. And in a blink, Hashem says they're gone, they're gone. They're completely neman. Illness a lot of times looks random. People get sick. It looks like things are crazy. There's so much chaos. Illness looks chaotic. A bachar in yeshiva this summer got a crazy cut on his head, and I went with him to the hospital. I was watching. I almost fainted. My knees got. He was pouring blood. It looks so chaotic. Things are crazy. I'm amazed at that cellar, guys. At the Dubin Rosemill, the Chaim Gurus walk up. I'm just like freaking. It's chaotic. There's a chaos to illnesses. Things are crazy. Blood is pouring. It's nuts. And the word in illness is that it's neman, it's loyal. When Hashem says it should be, it is. When Hashem says it should go, it will go. It's not chaotic. It's very loyal to its messenger. Hashem sent it. And when we describe illnesses, azaria, as loyal, we mean they come when Hashem says and they leave when Hashem says. They're loyal to Hashem. Mendy, that's what the Gemara says. So we said you've saved us from illnesses that are bad and loyal. It means illnesses that are acting completely with the Rav and Hashem and you've removed it. That's what it means. That's what the Pasuk in Kisavai means and that's what we mean in Nishmas. The loyal illnesses, loyal to whom? To Hashem. They come when Hashem says and they leave when Hashem says. That's what it means in the morning. A Bachar in Yeshiva said a gorgeous pshat that I have to share with you. A Bachar said, listen to this, one of the nicest pshatim I've heard in prayer in my life. Please listen well, Rabbi Say. I'm embarrassed. The guy said it in Lake George, and I don't remember who said it in Sulam. Maybe somebody he'll remember. Listen what a guy, Aiki, said. So we have a Gemara in Avoidazara that says when we describe illnesses as loyal, it means they're loyal to Hashem. They come when Hashem says, and they leave when Hashem says. Listen, Michal, that, that's, that's a Gemara by Dezara, that's not a Bachar. Listen to what a Bachar says, Daniel. In Rifa'enu, we say to Hashem, Rifa'enu Hashem and Erafe, please heal us. Heal us, Hashem, and we'll be healed. Save us, and we'll be saved. You're our prayer. We pray to you, we rely on you. Please give a complete refuah to all our ailments. Kikel Melech, you are the king. Reifei Neman, you're the Reifei Neman. It uses that word. You're the reliable doctor. Why does it say Hashem's a Reifei Neman? He's a Reifei. He's a Reifei, he's a doctor. You should say, Kikel Melech Reifei, you're the, do- you're the king who's the doctor. You have the capacity of healing. That's a right thing. And you care about me. We're good to go. 
You're a Raife. What's a Raife Neman? A reliable doctor. You're a Raife. You're a doctor. What's a Raife Neman? A reliable doctor. Said a Bacher brilliantly that perhaps it means. Neman means, when we say an illness is Neman, what do we mean? That it comes when it's supposed to and at least when it's supposed to. You're a Raife Neman. You're a reliable doctor means you take it away when it's supposed to leave. So first of all, you're a Raife Neman. That when it's supposed to leave, you take it away. But But you even are more than that. You take it away early. We're saying, Hashem, heal me. I know you're a Raife Neman. Neman means that when it's supposed to go, you take it away. But on top of that, you're a Rachman. You have mercy. You take it away even early. So Abacher said, Kikel Melech Raife Neman. I know you're a doctor's neman, that when it's supposed to leave, you're going to take it away. But rachaman, on top of that, you have mercy. Take it away early, Hashem. Baruch Hashem, Yisrael. That's what Abacher said, a brilliant shot. That a right vein neman, just like a neman sickness, means it leaves when it's supposed to. The right vein neman means you take it away when it's supposed to, the, the, the designated time. The rachaman, but on top of that, you have rachamas. All this, Rabbi said, we just studied, I think, two points. We in Yeshiva are dealing with Tillim. We're saying a lot of Tillim. The Bracha Rifa'enu, for David, for Dave Volkowitz, for our close Chavar Dave. The Bracha Rifa'enu has taken on a lot of meaning to me. Because I'm thinking a lot about this Bracha, because I'm thinking about Dave Volkowitz. And that's one point about Rifa'enu. And the second point is in the world, there's a raging, there's a raging virus. And certainly we do the ishtadlus that we can, that we're supposed to, that certainly. Don't ever forget, nobody, nobody, is, there's no situation of chaos. Every germ has its address. Every sickness is neman v'shlichusay. One could look at it and the media will lend you to believe. This virus, that's rage, as if there's something just... It's Nemon. Sicknesses are loyal. They go to whom they're supposed to go, when they're supposed to go, and for as long as they're supposed to go. There is not a raging hefkeros. It's not chaos. It's very organized. Sickness often looks chaotic. We have a friend who's sick, who's sick. We pray to Hashem with the Akarav that there's a Rofei Nemon. There's not chaos, it's all over, you never know where. We have Hashem who loves me more than I love me, who loves you more than you loves you, who loves him more than he loves him. And that Hashem controls something called halayim, they're nemanim, they are loyal to the mishaleach. Sicknesses are loyal, they are not, the tendency in sicknesses is to see chaos, is to see something that seems to be acting on its own, it's not true. It's so gorgeous that we call sicknesses chaloim nemonim. Ra'im bad, we're not fake people, I love it. We're so sophisticated and exact. We call sicknesses horrible. We're not pretend, oh, Hashem runs the world's great. No, we're not like that. Our head's not buried in the sand yet. The name we call sicknesses, I become from just from this. We call sicknesses. It's so profound. They're terrible. We can't stand them. We don't want them. Hashem designed us as human. We're allowed to feel. 
and chaloim raim, bad sicknesses. But don't ever forget nemanim. They're sent. There's not chaos. It's remarkable how sickness you start feeling chaotic. Oh my gosh, things are out of order. That's what sickness feels like. A friend all of a sudden, one day we're with him in Fort Log, the next day he's sick, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. But we, as Yidin, we say, we don't like it, and we beg to take it away, but nemanim. There's a mishaleach. They come when they're supposed to, to where they're supposed to, and they leave when they're supposed to. They're nemanim. There's an order. There's a pattern. There's a cheshman. Do we know Hashem's cheshman? No. He's smarter than me, smarter than you. Smarter than all of us. But we, our name for sickness is Ezra is dazzling. Chaloim ro'im v'nemanim. Sicknesses that are horrible, but nemal, loyal. And Hashem, from those loy- horrible, loyal sicknesses, you have saved us, the Lisanu. And certainly we play the Raifein Emon. The Raifein Emon who takes them away when they're supposed to, but he's a Rachaman. Beyond that, he has mercy. He loves us. Take it away right away. Take it before your original designated time. You're a Raifein Emon, but you're a Rachaman. So, Rabbi Isai, this beautiful... Hashkafa outlook on sickness, the understanding about sicknesses, that they're rhyme, they're horrible, but they're nemanim. Just those words are, are magnificent. Chaloim rhyme and nemanim. In Nishmas, this Shabbos, we're going to say, Hashem, you have saved us from Chaloim rhyme and nemanim, and we pray you should continue to save us. Chaloim rhyme and nemanim. In that certainly it, what, how we call them illness, that's, a, that's our approach to illness. They're nemanim. We don't look at things as bedlam. I dare say nobody died from corona. People died from Xerah Sashem. No, an illness doesn't act, and we, we tend to like focus on an illness as if it's a life on its own. Nobody got sick from corona. They got sick from Xerah Sashem. It's like saying if your mother sends you up challah to yeshiva that the mailman baked me challah. The mailman didn't bake anything. The mailman delivered challah that your mother baked. Illnesses are neman. We call them nemanim. They're loyal illnesses. They're loyal to whom? To their sender. They've been sent. Illnesses don't have minds of their own. I would become from, if I knew there's a people in the world that call illnesses loyal, I'd become from in a second from that. I think that's like magnificent. That's magnificent. My, my, my parents just were involved. There's a guy who lives, by, who's very close to my parents, who just became a convert at the age of 29, a brilliant, talented guy, makes up music. I want, I want the Hevra to meet him. Remarkable person. He became a ger, an unbelievable person. From one Mishnah in Pirkei he studied the Mishnah. He was on a beach. He had never met a yid in his life. Never met, he lived in Brazil, never met a year that he knows of in his life. He was in a far-flung place in Brazil. And he read a Mishnah and he started a journey and became from. He found the Mishnah in others. People read, people who are honest read stuff. If I heard this phrase, loyal illnesses, who calls illnesses loyal? We do, Amcha Yisrael, the Jewish people. Because we recognize that illnesses do not have minds of their own. Somebody sent them, Hashem. And they come when they're supposed to and leave when they're supposed to. It is not chaotic. It's not unorganized. There's a system. There's a system. Do we always know Hashem's cheshbonus? No. He's much smarter than us. But we have an understanding that, that things are not chaotic. 
And then, of course, there's rules of the shtadlis. There's not kids. We're not living in a time. We're not in a chaotic. Things are crazy. No, no, no. Chaloim, roim, So, so bad. So, so bad. But nemanim. Amazing, Martha. If we just said chaloim nemanim, that would be too firm for me. I, I, I couldn't handle it. We're way too healthy to do that. Says, oh, it's all Hashem. No, no, sick. That stupid illness. We're so, we're so normal and grounded, yet so powerfully true. We're an amazing people. I could see frummies, but they're not yidden. I could see somebody say, Chaloim nemonim. We're loyal. No, no, Chaloim roim. They're horrible. <laughs> they're horrible. They're horrible. We're allowed to feel. We're allowed to experience. Chaloim roim. They're horrible, Yosef, but nemonim. What a people. Any people who call illnesses, Chaloim roim, the nemonim, I want to be a part of it. Sure, it's lucky it's the Yidin, yes. Excellent. <laughs> so I wanted to share that with the Chevra. We now in Nishmas have a little more clarity in the prayer. We now know a Pasuk in Kisavoy where it says Hashem saves us from Chaloim Roim Vinemonim. So we understand the Pasuk in Kisavoy, a Pasuk in Nishmas, and under Nishmas, and then this beautiful Pshad in Rifa'enu that Abakar said Hashem's. It was Yitzhi Weiss. It was Yitzhi Weiss. Yitzhi Weiss. In Reisha today, Yitzhi Weiss from Teaneck, New Jersey. Excellent. It was Yitzhi Weiss. Yitzhi Weiss said this gorgeous pshat. Yitzhi Weiss, who became like a lion in our Chabura, Yitzla. And Yitzhi Weiss said this pshat. Thank you for my. I have to remember that. I should write in my Siddur Yitzhi Weiss. I have to remember. But beautiful pshat that Hashem's a Neman. Is he takes away when it's supposed to be taken away, when the due time that was set up, but he's a Rachman, even does it earlier. Oh, delicious way of reading, delicious way of reading, Rafaino. Yeah, it was Yitzhi Weiss. Thank you for remembering that. I remember now, we are, I remember where the guy was sitting, I forgot who it was. I was like, I have good periphery vision. He was like over there in that angle, like similar to it, the Yiddy is. Okay. Yeah. That was the first thing I wanted to share on. On, um, on, 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 on the parasha, on, there's one more thing. We'll go much quicker, Daniel. It's already a long time. You can't go to a second topic just like that. We have to obviously sing Nishmas for a minute. It's not a song we normally sing in Yeshiva, but you can't study a piece from Nishmas and not sing this. So let's do it. Martha Yolkias for Nishmas. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Kochai nishmas, nishmas kochai Tevarech Hashem cho Hashem cho Hashem Eloikei Chevre, chevre, no, 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 no Chevre, you think like singing When I started my shul 11 years ago So I once sang with the chevre so Balba said to me, I feel like you're treating us like babies. It's hysterical. I feel like you're treating us like babies. I don't remember if I said it to him or I thought it. I hope I said it to him, but I for sure thought it. It could be I said to him and I for sure thought that I feel, I don't know how you're going to handle the base on Migdash. God babies us all. Singing is not for kids. Kids don't deserve to say, it's nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. On, on Simchas Torah, I gather my shul every year. I can't stand the attitude like hypothesis is for the kids. And then you, you, you dance the kids. It's, 
The kid should dance and bring your kid. That cup is for you and for me. Bring your kids in. Dancing is for men. It's for kids also. A lot of your Yiddish kind is not for the kids. Like the kids, singing is not for youngsters. Singing is for sophisticated people. The Beis Hamikdash Levim sang. In the great Musa yeshivas, they sang for hours. Singing is a powerful tool. The great Reb Don Segel, the giant of our generations, like in Shemayim, every single day in his shul, he sings Nishmas. I, I made his minion with Hevra. He sings Nishmas every, not, not Nishmas, Az Yashir every single day. You don't say Nishmas. He said, they sing Az Yashir every single day, 365 days a year, Reb Don Segel. Singing is not for kids. The Rosh, the, the, the Rosh Hashiva of Tarvadas, Rav Shraga Feivel Mendelovich was a Malach Hashem we could talk about for hours. The Shraga Feivel Mendelovich. There was once before Rosh Hashanah, he asked like two close people to him into a room. He said, I'm just not there for Rosh Hashanah. I'm not there. Rosh Hashanah, I'm not there. He said, I didn't know what to do this. God will say he's not there. So he asked his couple of friends, can we sing, can you sing with me? They sang a couple of songs and now I'm here. Okay. So, song is a powerful weapon. In yeshiva, you'll learn. We don't just sing anything. I don't like kumzitzes that just... We have songs we sing once a year, Tishabov. Chanukah, we sing certain songs. Purim. I, I don't mix it. Don't just... I don't like it. It comes guys, Shabbos, a group of guys get there. They're singing... They're singing Rachel Mavaka. They're singing... Al-Zeha Yadav No, no, no. You're not singing Al-Zeha on, on, on a Shabbos, on a Chanukah, on a Purim. Al-Zeha is for Tishabov. Don't you dare sing it any other time. We have very specific targeted songs because songs are powerful. Powerful. People ask about non-Jewish music. Is there anything wrong? There's nothing wrong. There's everything right with music. The problem is, what are they singing about? It's so you're, you're driving something into your core, into your essence. Music is powerful. Be careful what you do with an atomic tool. It's powerful. You're driving something in. So song is specific. We speak about a topic. We're not just mental gymnastics. I want to get it. We just spoke about Hashem running the world. We just spoke that illnesses are not chaotic and Hashem who loves me is sending. And we said it from the prayer called Nishmas. Nishmas is the soul of every living being. Tvarech Hashemcha, blesses Hashem. Viruach kolbasa tufaru sraimim zichra malkenu. And the essence of every basar glorifies Hashem. Beautiful songs. I ask Rabbi I would like once in a while I must have had, I want to sing some words to, to sear something into our essence. It shouldn't just be something. So I ask you to join in, Rabbi Say one more time. Much better. Nishmas, Nishmas, Divine, 
Music's a sugya, there's a sugya. My uncle Gus lost his power of speech. I saw it, these eyes, saw it. Uncle Gus couldn't speak. He got a stroke, he lost it, he couldn't speak. I went to visit Uncle Gus, you know the only thing he could do, Maish? He could sing. Amazing. Music's powerful, he couldn't speak, he could sing. <laughs> we sang Shir Amalis, the Yekish Shir Amalis. We'd go, we'd sing with him, Shir He would sing along, he couldn't speak. Music is powerful. Stutterers, stutterers stutter except when they sing. A matter of fact, one of the only cures to stuttering. Stutter is exera. I, I had a group of friends. We all know people who stutter. They went to Virginia. A professor swore he can cure stuttering. And they spent almost a month with him. I have to call my friend how long. Maybe it was like a month. And he worked with them. It worked for like a couple of weeks. And then it, it broke. Like I don't know what happened. Like... It didn't necessarily work what he tried. There are many attempts. The main cure for stuttering, my wife's a speech therapist. The main cure for stuttering, guys make fun of me that I speak with a little of a tune. And it's an oddity, I don't know why I do it. I'm off tune with everything and some I sing, speak with a tune. Stutterers, they teach them to sing what they're saying. They teach them to sing it. It doesn't mean you're, you don't say, how are you to, you know, but they do it like a gishmaka tune. And all of a sudden, they stop stuttering. It's the only known cure for stuttering. Is you teach them to speak with a shtickle tune, and then they stop stuttering. Now, the tune is not like a dramatic song. It's a little bit of like a flow, a shtickle tune, and all of a sudden, they're not stuttering. You ever heard that, Yosef? Music's powerful. It's, there's a lot. It's not music's not. It's a lot. There's a lot. He wrote a beautiful sefer. If somebody's curious, we have it in yeshiva usually. Rev Sandler Shlita Framei, Framei Shayashiv wrote a beautiful sefer all about music. Very nice sefer. He wrote about music. Mendes, Mendes, you had Rev Sandler? Yank, have you know Rev Sandler, Belisha Sandler? Wonderful Yid. He wrote a sefer about music. But music is, is a powerful. 
It's amazing on a little kid. It boggles my mind. Little babies, they're crying, they're yelling. You sing, all of a sudden they're crying. It's mind-blowing. The kid is the kid is four weeks old. Sing to your little kid. It's the most gratifying. One of the one of the beautiful things about having kids. Kids, my little kids like my voice. A foil, even you can be as off-key as you want. Sing loud, sing it, belt it out for your foil. They're crying, all of a sudden they stop. They love music. He says the reason is because in Shemayim, the, the, the way of talking is music, and that's they're used to, it's familiar. That's where Samba writes. And in Shemayim, the only expression is song. So he says, kids are used to it. Whatever shot you want to say, you'll observe on your own children. They love song. You play music, a kid. All kids, all cultures, they love music, a little kid. It's mind-blowing. Music's deep. There's profound stuff going on. There's don't <laughs> music's a, a gun sasugi of music. It's not a light thing, music. What music does, how it connects. A little kid, you say a million things, they can't get quiet. You just play music, they relax. Probably it's, it's that but we, that's what you saying. Some of the people with Alzheimer's, they like it too? Really? This I saw with a stroke and music he remembers. Amazing. People who have a parent with in, in comas, like old age, I know sing to them a lot, and they report like seeing soothing or, or singing along. So what you're describing, Alzheimer's, people report this. They sing to an elderly parent. It's amazing. I saw this with Uncle Gus. He couldn't talk, and he sang with us the words. It was freaking. He sang Shira Malis. It was a yekish Shira Malis he liked. He sang with us. It, it was, it was, and then tried to talk to me. Couldn't say a word. It's it's the music something different. Yeah, you couldn't teach a new song with words. No, the song he knew. Shira Malis. He sang. You heard Uncle Gus say Shira Malis B'shova Hashem It was wild, but he can't talk. It's a different thing. It's a different part of the brain. Music is different. Probably. It's just different. Yes. Is that why in the bass of my gosh they sang and played instruments to like enhance the dawning and like yeah, yeah, uh, music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're hundred percent. Music's very powerful and important. Music is powerful and it's not. A, it's not a. It's, it's a. It's, it's atomic music. When you learn a sugya and you sing a song, you, you get it into yourself. It goes places. It brings places. Music's amazing. Amazingly powerful. There are people, there, we, we were Zaycheh for a long period, we were Zooming together, and many, many people were joining in. The people reported what the songs that Chaim and Shlomo sang, their people, it, it did something to hundreds of people, hundreds of people. Arya would sing, Yosef Kasper would sing, hundreds of people. Let's do the Shabbos song, Yosef. Maybe you'll sing the Shabbos song for the Chaim Yosef. Who do you want to do it with? Arya, you know a Shabbos song? Put it together, Yosef and Arya, let's go.
Before we're almost ready for the next verse, the next verse will be short, Ezra. Thank you for being here, Ez. I waited many years for this guy. Chazdei Hashem, thank you, Ez. Sit right here. I've been waiting too many years to sit so far from you. Come, come. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Zevi and I spoke about this, I think, five years ago. Come, sit right here. <laughs> All the way back when Ike and Zebi were roommates, we spoke about this moment already. Go <laughs> catch it, you'll get it. <laughs> true, true. We've been thinking about it longer than you. Let's sing before we need one more word, one more song to get to the second thing. Let's sing Lamikta Sheikh Tov all together. All together. We need to get it down for Shabbos anyway. Let's sing Lamikta Sheikh Tov and then we'll end with final five minutes. 
We're ready three days in. We came Tuesday night, ready. We had Yom Revi, Chamishi, now Yom Sheshi. It's a Chiddush that these two words waited three days. 
These are two words that we are going to learn a lot because the Torah is full of these two words, but it must be studied and analyzed, this concept. It must be something that we connect to and practically we put part of our lives. In Parshish Kisavai, it starts with the man has collected the first fruits of a year. Azaria guy worked really, really hard. The farmer is the picture of somebody, a hard-working man. And he spent his summer, mama schwitzing, knocking himself out. I picture a guy whose hands are calloused, who are calloused from all that physical work. He's the picture of a good worker, a guy who's a good schwitzer, he's a really good worker. And he's busted it, and, he's, and, he's, and he pushed it as all the fruits of his labor. And even though he's worked so hard, but the farmer has a recognition that he can't do anything without Hashem. Any strength he has is from Hashem. Any capacity to get the fruits is from Hashem. And the farmer comes and he brings his first fruits, the mitzvah of Bikurim. He brings his first fruits and he brings it to the Beis Amigdash. And he comes to the Kayin and he says to the Kayin, he takes the basket. He takes this basket of his first fruits and he places it on the Mizbeach Hashem. Vanisa Marta. The word Anisa is funny. The word Anisa normally we translate to respond. The problem is he's not responding to anybody. He's just saying. So Chazal say the word Anisa could also mean to say something loudly. Haramas koil. To scream something. It means emphatically. I think the reason, why does the word Anisa mean to answer? To be Aina is to answer. But it also means to be emphatic, to be loud. I think they both are the same point. When you respond and argue on somebody, no, like you're, you're claiming back is emphatic. The bottom line, Anissa means to emphatically say, to say loudly, emphatic, say it loud, raise your voice. This is, it's, I'll tell you something fascinating about speaking, about public speaking. There are times, there are places where you have to scream. Let's say you talk in a, in, in a room that's just not, it's very loud room. There are kids running around. So by Shalashudas in my shul, there are kids that play in the basement. And I'm a big fan of letting kids be kids. A weird oddity of me that I think kids should be, so the kids are running around. Lemaisa, I try to let the, I want the kids to have good feelings to show that, yeah, shall show this is nice. I don't want it to always be sha, sha. You know, there are times a kid has to be quiet, but I don't want all day, all the kids' associa- association with shul is sha. It's not a very good, like, a, not the greatest association in the world. So I asked the, the people in the shul, by shall show this, let them run. They're playing, having a blast. I don't want them to think like speaking and tires associated. Be quiet, the rabbis. So, so they talk. So I have to talk louder so the shul can hear the Devrei Torah. You know, one of the downsides of screaming a speech, Viggy, is a healthy speak, all of us have change of tones. We're saying things, but then we want to emphasize a bad speaker screams the whole time because then there's no emphasis. When you want to get excited, a healthy speaker starts very soft, 
Good morning, Hevra. A healthy speaker talks soft, and then when he's fired up, you could tell like there's a rise in the voice. A very unhealthy speaker, if it's very scripted, we all do this naturally. If it's scripted, Hevra, and all this shouting and screaming, but there was no raise of voice, a very poor way of communicating. I can't even tell what you're excited, what you're not. You're screaming straight through. Really? Yeah. What's the word? Give me the word. I never. Tonality. Tonality. Yeah. Show me. Show me inside. Show me. I'm not wrong. I was going to know you're right. Show me inside. I never heard that. Like a tonality. You start off screaming. It shows like that. The character of a piece of music is determined by the key in which it is played or the relations. Bless you. Tonality. I never heard this word in my life. Obviously, tone is in there. The. Well, now it's Sorry, like... I'm still not sure about that. Sorry, come I think we need Mel Suri. The character of a piece of music. Can you tell Siri that I'm just trying to read that? What can I do? The character of a piece of music as a term by the key in which it is played, or the relationship between the notes of a scale or key. The harmonic effect of being in a particular key is tonality. Interesting. No, you're right. It makes a lot of sense. He's right. Tonality in a song is is you switch the tone and it makes a lot of sense. It's very good. What? Whatever. There's tonality in music and there's tonality in speech. Made a lot of sense, right? You're spot on. I never heard the word. Excellent. Word of the day, guys. There you have it. Tonality. Excellent. You say tonality or tonality? Tonality. <laughs> excellent word, excellent word. I have to remind you of Cohort. Cohort, Cohort, Cohort. I'll get in. Cohort, Cohort. It's coming. It's Cohort. In order to, in order to really connect with your audience, that the key is what is called tonality of your voice is all about how you sound when you speak. You're going to want to use a voice that both commands attention, commands authority, tonality. It's tremendous. A great word, tonality. Great word. If, if somebody's screaming the whole time, I can't tell what you're excited about. It's very poor. And it shouldn't be a shtick. I'm not talking about tricking people. It's funny. I noticed this by Shalashudas Maish. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't try to, I don't speak to you. I don't give, I'm not giving a speech. I'm talking. But all of us, if you just listen to us, when we're excited, we raise our voice. Because I'm screaming, I can't raise it when I'm, I'm trying to go above the kids. So I'm just saying, good Shabbos, guys, it's Parshish Kisohoi. <laughs> like you're really excited about something. <laughs> you just can't go higher. And the speech, there's a guy I know who's a great speaker. He's just a good speaker. And he was in, in yeshiva once, Maish. There was a mesiba and it was loud. And he was screaming his speech. It wasn't a good speech. Because I couldn't tell. Now, I'm not talking about tricks to like, you know, trick people. All of us, when we're excited, you get fired up. If you start a speech and you're screaming and yelling, I, I just can't get what, I can't tell you're excited. Hey, good morning. <laughs> then I can't tell when you're, what happens when you get excited. What do you do now? You're like throwing chairs. I just don't know what you could do. Shalashudas, I had this. You ask him, Arthur? A good speaker, you talk a regular thing, and then when you fight, you hear what the you get like, you get excited. Mask him, Arthur?
How did we get here? Oh, because it says on that Karasatoiv, Aromas Kol, scream, shout. Rashi says, Aromas Kol, shout. He's shouting because emphasis. There's a very big, when he wants to bring his fruit, first fruits, and he's supposed to read a piece, and he's supposed to say, Tashem, it says, Vanisa. Respond, Rashi says, Aromas Kol, shout. What does he shout? He shouts in appreciation. What's his appreciation? Ezri says a whole story. Picture, you, are you a visual learner, Daniel? Maybe it's a Daniel thing, I'm a very visual learner. I have to picture. So I picture the farmer, he's always, he's very dark. He's crusted. The guy sat in the sun all summer. Like a crusted guy. Really, it's funny, when you learn in the mirror, you'll see this one day, the big shtick when you come home Pesach Ben Azmanim, the big shtick of the yeshiva guy is you come home white. You want to show you're a masmid, you weren't outside at all. It's a big shtick. It's a huge shtick. You want to come home white. So they, they, they should have like this tanning parlors. Yeshivish have whitening parlors where you lose all color. A good yeshiva guy won't look at the sun two weeks before the Pesach Benazmanim. The guy could have come crusted. He sat in a laterals, man, for two weeks. He's white. I had his man in the mirror. I kid you not. Seats in the mirror are difficult. I had a summer's man in the mirror where I sat on the Merpesa on the porch. That was my chavre. That's the only seat we got. That we had a whole chavre that sat out there. I came back like, like yeah, you learned in Eretz Yisrael. I looked like that farmer. I was crusted. I learned outside. I had the tan of tans. So good. Yeah, you were learning outside. Uh-huh. <laughs> I never gone to a lot in my life, but I looked like a guy who spent most of this man in a lot. The farmer is like a dark and crusted visual. He's very dark, he's crusted. He's working in the heat, sweating away, pounding out in the heat. You visualize the farmer, no, Dove? A hard-working sweater, mamish. He's very muscular. And this guy is a man. He's a hard, calloused hands, a good worker. This fellow brings his first fruit, and he shouts, HaKar Satoiv Tashem. And he shouts gratitude to Hashem. But in thanking Hashem, he, you think, thank you for the fruit. No, 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 no. Sophisticated people thank for what they don't see. There's a story behind what you see. Behind. A very unsophisticated guy thanks the waiter. A sophisticated guy thanks the cook. One more time. One more time. Unsophisticated people thank the waiter. Sophisticated people thank the waiter and the cook. What do I mean, buddy? Because the unsophisticated guy just sees a guy who served him the food. Sophisticated guy says, hey, if food came out of that door, there's a cook in the kitchen. Now you don't see him. The unsophisticated guy thanks his mama for the potato kugel in front. Thank you, the kugel's delicious. The sophisticated guy said, one second, Friday I was playing football, somebody makes the kugel. She sat in the kitchen cooking the kugel. He's a little more sophisticated, there's a story here. Kugel doesn't tend to just, the unsophisticated guy makes it that his mother's appreciation, his mother brought the kugel from the kitchen to the dining room. That's what she did, that's how the guy thinks. That's really, that's how most people live. The mother, bro, she's so nice, ma. Thanks for bringing me the kugel. Like, I could have gone, probably you should, gone from your seat and got the kugel. She brought it from the kitchen. Hey, but kugels don't get born in kitchen. Somebody makes a kugel. A sophisticated guy knows the story. 
A sophisticated guy, you're in yeshiva. You know it costs money to run a yeshiva? Who paid for you to be in yeshiva? Mom and dad. What money appeared in dad's pocket? Dad worked hard to pay for my yeshiva. There are guys who never once thanked their parents. I like yeshiva, you paid for it. They're just just very unsophisticated. When we speak about gratitude, it is not as shallow. What do I do? But I don't appreciate. What do you want from me? Everybody shouts at us gratitude. Everybody shouts. This parashas kisavoy, as most of the Torah, is the parasha about gratitude. It's the parasha of the hard and crusted farmer. Vanisa! And Rashi says, You're not an ingrate. You have gratitude. Gratitude, appreciation. You're alive. The difference in a dead man and a live man is how much gratitude you have. You're dead if you have no gratitude. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. I want you to hear this. Pull over chair much closer. I finally got Momo here. I waited the entire quarantine. I was waiting for him. Much closer, much closer. Momo like this. Listen to this. Listen to this. All of us crave connection, meaningful connection. When I was younger, I observed guys would go to town. Guys would go to town. I wasn't the big town guy. And guys would describe to me how town worked. And you saw your friend the fourth time that night, people milling around. Yo! And they hug again. Yo! And they hug again. You just saw him four minutes ago. People are craving connection. A human being craves connection. They're hugging again. They're just craving connection. But the main tool necessary for connection is gratitude. Two people could do something nice to the other. If you don't have gratitude, you don't connect. It doesn't endure. Gratitude is what makes relationship. I appreciate you. I'm thankful for what you did for me. And the question is, what what do you mean I I don't have gratitude? It's all focus of the brain. It's not all in the emotions. When we say Yosef gratitude, and the Torah gives away the secret, Maish. It says, Haramas koil, scream it. Scream it means emphasis, focus on it. Focus on it. It's all a matter of focus. The Chayvah Salvavus asks that why do people not have gratitude? He says they are focused on what they don't have rather than what they have. It's a mental game of focus. Hey, you don't have to, you don't have to be like, you don't have to like do something fake. A guy should go on a walk and himself and say, I'm in yeshiva, I like it. Hey, it's, it's cool to be around Ezra. We have an incredible collection of people, a really geschmack to be around. It's going to be a fun, positive year. Hey, I'm here, somebody paid for this. And it needs money because to create any environment, you have to buy buildings and tables and standard and food. They're a lot of money. Hey, my parents pay for it. We live in a society very busy with all the flaws of our parents. It like literally like defines almost our society. We're busy. My dad's this, my mom. They're all the, it's all their fault, all my problems. Do we ever focus, and, and might be true, might not be true, and it's just, did we ever focus, hey, things I like, where did I get it from? Focus, focus. Gratitude is focus. Is va'anisa, is va'anisa means how Ramas calls, scream, emphasis. Scream it out. When you scream louder, 
tonality. When you're regular, you talk. You go louder, point of emphasis. If you scream your whole speech, there's no point of emphasis. If you're talking low, and then you get something, your parents paid for school. Oh, okay, he means this. <laughs> Screaming says emphasis. It's a big secret, Hashem's saying something. Why do he say scream it? He's saying emphasize this. This is a point of emphasis. Folks, what you got, but listen to this. When the farmer brings it, he doesn't just thank for the fruits remarkably. He should thank, I'm going to feed my family. I'm able to support my family. Remarkably, he says there's a whole history. And he says, we were once in Egypt, of people who didn't own land. He's a landowner today. He's a free man. He's a rich man. He says, we have a history. We were once enslaved. We didn't own any land. And Hashem, you took us out of Egypt. That was miraculous. You survived us in the desert. Now, I am shocked that God expects this from us. This is out of my league. I mean, this is crazy stuff. And we get good things. I thank Hashem. I really appreciate it. I have friendship. I'm Momo Ring. I promise you I have gratitude to Hashem that Momo Ring is I promise. Emotional. But do I say, hey, when I was four, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, I appreciate Momo's here. I appreciate the friendship. Hashem expects us to tell the story in our mind. I'm a very visual learner. I should tell the story. I appreciate Hashem gave me a very good wife. Chazde Hashem. Do I think the chances my wife moved across the street from my aunt and uncle and cousin who read the Shidduch and the, the, all the details that entailed that she, that she moved there? I don't bother to tell that story. Hakarasatoiv is obligates, shout, emphasis, say the story. Go over in your mind. Hey, you should walk. And you should say, I'm in yeshiva, I like it. My parents paid back further. My father found money in his wallet. He worked, went to work for years. My father works hard. People don't think about it. Dad's working hard. His money from all his works overwhelmingly pays for things I like. Hey, hey, ding, ding, ding. You're supposed to tell the story to yourself. Go through the story. Don't, don't, don't skimp on this. Vanisa, shout it. Say it out. The farmer comes and is expected by Hashem. This is amazing. He's a guy like me and you. He's expected by Hashem. There's a chiyu of Yosef. It's a demand. We have an amazing Torah, Zarya. He's commanded. He's commanded to tell the whole story. Vanisa, you shall shout. He's remarkable. He's a farmer. He's a chilled guy. I have I have fruit. I'm excited. What a meal. Excellent. No, 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 no. One second. Your, your, your people were once imprisoned. There's like wild. There's a couple of thousand years ago. He's commanded. This is how a healthy person lives, by the way. Tell the story to yourself. Vanisa Vamarta. There's a story here. It boggles my mind. I'm going to tell you something interesting. Pesach night... We say over the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And we're obligated to say over the story. In the Torah, there's Shemais Ve'era Bay B'Shalach. Four parashas in the Torah extensively deal with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Four parashas. Where do you think we quote from Lela Seid when we want to say over the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Which verses in the Torah do we quote? Atana composed the Haggadah. It's written by Tanoim. 
Yosef Sandler, which story do we tell when we tell of Yitzhak Mitzrayim? What psukim do we use? You're not going to believe it. This psukim in Parshas Kisavli. Strange. It's the cash I want you to share when you call all your contacts today. The following cash, Mendy. You sit by the seder. You're going to tell over Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Which verses do you think you're going to quote, Daniel? Which psukim should you quote? Shemais ve'erabai b'shalach. The Torah lengthy tells about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. You know what we do? There are a few verses in Kisave. Remember, our farmer who's bringing fruit says, hey, there's a history. I don't just have fruits. We were, I, I'm a landowner. Hey, I'm a free man. Oh, we were one slaves. And he's obligated to think the whole story out. In thinking the story, he has about three psukim about Mitzrayim. It's like the most brief version of 200 years, 210 years. Listen to the story. He says... Um, he says, we went to Mitzrayim, we lived there small in number, we became large, the Mitzrayim beat us up, pained us, gave us hard work, we cried to Hashem, he heard our pain and he freed us. Four psukim. 210 years, the most brief. You, know, you, ever, you, have, you have reports, one of those books called, you have a book report, and you never read the book, you read like the notes. Of, <laughs> cliff notes, cliff notes. What was it called? Spark notes, they called. What was Cliff Notes called in the day? There was a name to it. It was called Cliff Notes? Yeah. Sp- what do you call it? Spark Wikipedia. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Wikipedia, trust me, you ain't reading the whole book. You read like the most short thing, and then you know the story from the abbreviated version. This is like in Shemais Vei Rabbi B'Shalach, it says the story of, of the Exodus, of leaving Mitzrayim. This is like the shortest version ever, four verses. It says, that, now, a lot more happened, but it, it's the smallest summary. We went small and number, became large. They beat the stuffings out of us, killed us. God's heard our cries and saved us. Now, a lot more. There was a whole, there's a Gansa story about how he saved us, the Makos. Guess what? What do we do, Leila Seder? Which Pesukim you think we read? I would think go to Shemais, Ve'e, Rabbi, B'Shach. Do you know the Tana quotes these Pesukim? But he does an odder thing. Maybe you just think he didn't want you to have a long Seder. He tries to figure out what happened. These Pesukim are four Pesukim. And he does like whole shtick l'chtayr. And he says, it really means like it says in Shemais. So why don't we just quote the Pesukim in Shemais? We quote the brief version, try to figure, reconstruct what happened when the Torah openly says, Shmois ve'erabai b'shalach, exactly what happened. And yet, Lela say, do we read these psukim? This is a mystery that much ink has been spilled on this question. Why in the world, Pesach night, we want to say over the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, do we quote the psukim here that are the farmer? And the answer is, that it's teaching us, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is a night of gratitude. And it's teaching us, you are sitting at your Seder with matzah in your hand, with your family, and you are supposed to connect to an event so long ago, it points you to that farmer who's holding on to his fruit and through his fruit feels gratitude. There's a story. There's a story. This is what Hashem wants from us in gratitude. When you're enjoying yeshiva, if you're enjoying yeshiva, I'm enjoying yeshiva. Hashem expects from me to tell over, to think the story, to record the story. Gratitude is not just words, are you or aren't you? It's focus, it's emphasis, it's bainanus. What do you focus on?
and we're required to tell the story. The nature of Akar Satoy we learn from here. That's why the Seder night we quote these Psukim. Tell the whole story. The farmer could say, Thank you, Hashem, for the fruits. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, no. No, 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 no. That's very superficial. There's a deeper story. You own land. How'd you get to land? How'd you get here? There's a story. And the story has to connect and be personal to you. You can call your dad, thanks for paying for your sheva, unless you have fruits in front of you, a basket of fruits. It has to emotionally connect to you. The farmer's holding his delicious fruit that he busted himself for. He's emotionally connected to it. In his connection, I always at my seder, there's no such thing as a seder until I'm enjoying my family. Nothing. There's no seder, I promise. There's no seder. Until I look around and feel rich, feel lucky, feel good. What's a seder? You're a pretend guy. Thank you, Hashem. We left Egypt. You're not feeling diddly squat. First, I sit there and I enjoy my family. Then I say, one second, there's a story here. I look at a wife, children, wonderful, what a Yiddish home. I got it. It's the farmer's fruits. I got to duplicate the farmer's fruits. You know the farmer. My son Yisrael Mayer and I and my wife we planted tomatoes. You can't imagine how geschmack. I have one right there. I saw it when I left this one. One of them, a plump red guy. You pluck it off and you eat it. The stored tomatoes are nothing compared to that tomato. You learn how old and press. I like organic. The guys know that I'm a very organic fellow. We have yeshiva. Schools, you sum up the school system contrived, set up, pretend, contrived. Everything's set up. The teacher is a teacher. The students are students. Contrived. I like organic. Contrived means when things are formal and set up. Organic is natural. Natural. I like organic. There's very little organic. And organic means human beings who make mistakes. Who have, I'd rather you come to, cl- to class and jump up a little and walk out early. You're allowed to walk out. I've been asking guys to sit. You walk out and I'll ask you to sit and then don't listen and just leave. <laughs> Lebedic, Lebedic, organic, natural, natural, organic, natural. I like organic. The farmer sitting there with his veggies, with his stuff that he busted it. When I come home, that tomato, my we, you know how many times I watered that guy? It's geschmack. I've spent many a day watering the thing, watering it a couple of times. You, you put work into it. You pick that tomato, delicious. The farmer put work into it. He has emotional bond to his stuff. But he does, at that point, when he's connecting, he says there's a story here. And he allows himself, one second, my people were in Egypt, we, we didn't own any land. From where he is, from something he emotionally connects to, he tells the whole story. You can call, Dad, thanks for paying for yeshiva, you liar. You're not a great, instead at moments you're feeling, I like, I like this place. I like a place that lets organic growth, that lets things be natural and real. Hey, I like it. I like being around friends and people that are free to express, free to be themselves. I like this. I like it. I feel it. Hey, how'd I get this? It costs to make. As you're emotionally connecting, allow yourself to heal the whole, to hear the whole story. Tell the story. Don't say, and I know, go through it slowly. Slow, slow, slow. Go on a walk. One second. I like the place. Hey, hold your fruit. Take the basket in your hand and tell the story. All of a sudden, you call Dad, thank you for paying all your hard work. I know you spent so much money on me. You're feeling it. You've connected through your basket. You connect to the whole story. 
That's gratitude to what Hashem expects from you and I. That's how a Yid should live his life. You live a very rich life. You live a very rich life. Yeah, yeah. You live a very rich life when you do this. But you got to do it. As you connect to things, tell the story. You eat your mom's cold. One second. Tell the story. One second. I was playing football today. Somebody was making cold. But it only works if you're tasting that you have the kugel, the basket in your hand. The tenebiyadecha, the farmer with the basket in his hand, it's so cool. And when he has the basket in his hand that's so meaningful, he tells the whole story. So all of us should be zeiche. Gratitude is with focus. Get, hold your baskets in your hand and tell the whole story. Connect and be misbinding to the goodness that brought you all the baskets that you like. Tell those to you like the food, think there's somebody behind the doors. There's a cook in there. Think it through. Tell the story. Behind in that sweaty kitchen, somebody's working hard making me food. I, when this morning, was playing ball. I was learning. I was schmoozing. Hey, if I go to the dining room, somebody was cooking. Somebody was working hard. Tell the story. You will fill up with gratitude and you'll be appreciative. You'll have gratitude. When you have gratitude, you have connection. You have relationship. You have enduring relationships. Parashas Kisave is the parish of gratitude. We'll spend the year amongst other topics, but probably primarily learning about this meda, this important meda of gratitude. We'll learn many aspects of gratitude. Today I'm studying that the way to have gratitude Attitude is by telling the story of the basket in your hand. You could sit at the Lela Seder if you don't have your version. If a guy is miserable at his Seder, <clears throat> he's screaming at us, why are you says, okay, Seder, you have no Seder, I promise you. And the Psukim we read about the farmer with the basket in his hand, we seem to read the wrong Parsha, but it's pointing us somewhere. Get a basket in your hand. So then you have to ask yourself, what am I appreciative right now? What am I feeling emotionally connected? Find it. See your family, see your position, see what you're enjoying. Look around, celebrate a little. Pull out all your fancy stuff. Enjoy your nice new clothing you bought for Yomtev. Just enjoy. Then you say, one second, there's a history here. Then allow yourself, like the farmer with a basket in his hand, allow your mind to connect you to a whole story. You will feel it. You will feel it. You need the basket in your hand, though. You need the basket in your hand. When the basket's in your hand, you, from that place, you can tell the whole story. Rabbi said, let us all have gratitude. Let us use this secret basket for gratitude. Appreciate. Appreciate the cook, not just the waiter. Appreciate the, your mother for sending the challah, not just the mailman. Appreciate your father's work that got the money in his wallet that was paid to the yeshiva that allowed you to have an experience that you enjoy. Tell the whole story when you're enjoying, but tell the story to yourself. Go through it. Damn. It's a cool story, and a lot happens for me and for you. We'll full up with gratitude. We have relationships then. We have profound connections to our parents, to our friends, and most importantly, when we do this, Tashem. Without this, without this exercise, without this command, we remain people like a 2D world, not a 3D world. We're without relationship and connections. We're just craving them. We don't have them. Let us focus, be misspining on the stories that give us all the good things of our life. Does anybody know what time? So right now there's going to be lunch. We're going to announce at lunch the sports for the afternoon.